welcome y'all. That's right. This is the Pregame Engineer Tug Air Racing Podcast, episode number 290. It's Tuesday, May 18th, 2021. I'm Tug Air Rusty Wallace in the PETM Podcast Studio in Atlanta, Georgia. This podcast is sponsored by you. That's right. You go to patreon.com forward slash PTM. Join the Watch Drink Club for as little as $1 a month. Get that free koozie. Best part is every cent this year, we're going to donate to sponsored drivers. So join the PTM Posse today. Be a part of the sport you love. This week's show brought to you by our official sponsors at the $5 and up per month level. Here we go. Aaron Bearden, Robert Kevin, Coleman, Clamette, Kevin Ryan, Keeper, Patrick Cleary, Jeff Brown, Brandon Crowd, Kathy McDonald, Brandon Carl, Rika Porter, Julie Bosley, Edgar Good, Third Young Motorsports, David Mons, Patrick Johnson, Brett Morris, Crystal Smoke, Brad Rosado, Chad Napa, Stacey Coleman, Lisa Chinata, Rick Houston, Sarah Anbari, Evan Roller, Matthew Bishop, Harry Bolzanya, AJ Evangelista, Janet Scott, Les Miller, and Jumpy Bob. Woo! Got it. One time. Ladies and gentlemen, from the PTM North Carolina studio, pregame engineer Andrew Shorn. What's up, dude? Fresh off of some Mexican Tuesday. There you go. Well done. I like it. Yeah. 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 Oh, and by the way, so I mentioned, uh, or I, I did the read, and I and I did all the names and everything. Uh, Patrick Johnson, if you're listening, I, I texted you earlier. Uh, text me back. <laughs> uh, but anyway, ladies and gentlemen, let's get this thing started. Just me and Sherwin tonight. We're just going to have some fun. We're talking Dover. We're talking Coda. Um, we're talking who knows what. But uh, y'all know what we talk about first. Sherwin, what you drinking? Well, I took a couple of weeks off, mm. but I'm back to the fire water. <laughs> there you go. Dude, I'm gonna. I'm about to bring something in frame that it might make you barf, actually, um, thinking about it. But dun, 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 dun. <laughs> oh, no, definitely not make me barf. No, I miss the moose head. Moosehead, yeah. the bitterest, most delicious of the Canadian lawyers. That's right. Look at the uh, look at the uh, the label and everything. They've changed it up, y'all. We used to drink this back in college. Don't ask me how old I was, but we uh, uh, you know built our Christmas tree out of these things with three thousand something of them. <laughs> so that was a staple from what was it from like August until December. Like if you caught somebody not drinking a moosehead, you're like, dude, we we got to build a tree. You got to drink some moosehead. And they might be like, I, I can't, I can't have, I, I just needed something different. And, and then you'd slap them in the face and hand them a moose head. <laughs> yeah. Well, October was the big push, right? Mm-hmm. Particularly as we headed into homecoming. Yeah. We would use homecoming funds to supply. <laughs> With the caveat that if you threw one in the trash can, you were going to get a stern talking to. And probably a cherry belly. <laughs> it was not going to be good, especially if you were a brother. Yeah. Now, girls, okay, you might forget, throw one in there, mm-hmm. fish it out, mm-hmm. <laughs> go set it on the table. i tell you what it tastes like, because I only have one every couple years or something. I'll see it, and that's what happened here. I was walking by, and it was one of those, like, walking, 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 looking at beers, and you pass it, but then you stop, and you, like, put it in reverse, and you go, wait a second, <laughs> I know what I'm getting. Um but yeah, it's it's funny you taste it, and and suddenly just memories. I I don't know if y'all if y'all have this, uh, anybody out there listening, but just the taste or the smell or something like that, and this taste, like immediately, boom, I'm transported back to working on the wreck, uh, you know, stick welding a bunch of stuff together for no reason, <laughs> and uh, banging on a on a V8 motor trying to get it to work. Um, it, it and it has to be at night, and it, you know, the, you taste the beer, but then. The next thing you do is you smell that smell of the uh, of the stick welder and everything. Man, it's uh, takes me back. 
Yeah, well, it's like, uh, you know, obviously we've fancied ourselves beer connoisseurs <laughs> over the years. Um, and then, you know, you like, man, you haven't had a beer in a while or just a regular old beer. And that Miller Lite long neck is just staring at you in the mm. fridge at the gas station. You're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, you drink that rock gut light? And it's like, I don't think you understand the nostalgia involved here. I'm not drinking it because I think this is the best beer on the planet. I'm drinking it because it brings back memories. I'll tell you the one that doesn't bring back memories, as many as we had. Natty Light still tastes like pee-pee. <laughs> <laughs> you know what about- and i'm still and i don't even think now <laughs> i think i can totally suspend all bias in terms of being a miller light guy versus a bud light guy i'm telling you if there's a cooler that's half natty light and half bud light i'm picking that natty light up every single time well there's that there's that <laughs> sir uh excuse me so last week i talked about the camping trip and all the uh all the gas stations being out of gas here in the uh, in the southeast and whatnot, and and we got on a phone call like on a Zoom with friends on on Wednesday evening to talk about uh, whether or not we were actually going to go because uh, you know nobody can make it there and back based on how much gas they had, and so I, I I killed them with math like how many how many stations do you expect there to be how many blah 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 blah, blah you know all this stuff now let's cut that in half and we still expect to to reach at least like eight or 10 gas stations got gas. So anyway, um, convince the whole group last week. I said, mark my words, somebody will cancel. Well, I'll eat my crow because everybody showed up. Um, now I went first, I went the night before and then I reported back to everybody. Oh, there's, there's gas in Clayton. There was like three stations in Clayton, one in Cornelia, one in Dillard, all these North Georgia places that all had gas. So it was like, guys, you ain't going to have no issue finding gas so you know get your butt up here um but i guess they weren't looking for any other excuses we had a great camping trip up in uh bryson city north carolina and sherwin it it was funny because i set everything up and like we had we had a a huge uh fifth wheel trailer next to us and he comes out and i said man that's a beautiful trailer and he goes man i love this trailer but your setup over there with the tent is awesome i'm like I know. <laughs> I got this thing down, brother. Like there ain't no, there ain't no worries here at all. So we had a, we had a good old time, man. We uh, visited some of the breweries that were local. We went on a few hikes, saw some waterfalls, big old lake. Um, what can I say? Sat around the campfire, drank Moosehead. <laughs> it was a, it was a good old time. So uh, enjoy. Well, how the far old is Bryson day. City from Junaluska? I do not know exactly where Junaluska is. June. Well, it's on our trip to Bristol. All that stuff is basically oh, on the yeah. way. Um, so I don't know if you remember, but like in Silva, North Carolina, so Lake Juna, uh, Junaluska is about 38 miles. But um, in Silva is when we always take a uh, take a right. Like that's the first time we even turn. Um, after getting on 85, which turns into 985, which turns into like 441 and all the rest of that mess. But the first mm-hmm. time we actually have to like make a fork, we go right toward Asheville. And if you yep. go left, that takes you to Bryson City. Ah, okay. Yeah. I know I've seen the sign. Yep. Yep. And that was the thing I told Serena, my wife, I, I said, 
I think I know how to get there. Let me let me try it. And we get all the way up there and uh and I'm like, okay. Asheville, I know I go to the right, but I believe I have to go to the left. And the next sign I see says Bryson City, gigantic letters. I was like, Oh yeah, I remember this sign. I just never really pay attention. So there right. we go. But uh yeah, it's right there. A lot of good mountains and hiking and everything else. So what can I say? Had a good old time, set up what what should really be the PETM trademarked uh, campsite, you know. Uh, I went and got the the uh, new canopy. We left the last one at Darlington after all that rain and thunderstorm and everything. It tore it down finally after like 10 years, and we left it there. So I ordered me a new canopy, uh, same exact one, set it up, set up the camp, uh, set, or set up the tent like right next to it. So the front door of the tent goes into the canopy, set up the, uh, I don't have a new lawn yet, but I've got the, the big, uh, you remember we bought that, uh, outdoor, uh, that carpet, carpet thing. I saw it yep. in your picture. Yep. Got that. The table, we got the, um, the camp stove, uh, the, the hanging, uh, what do you call it? Lantern, all that mess brought enough wood for like <laughs> 16 people. And yep, it was, it was on. So, all it reminded me of is that I'm ready to go camping at the racetrack again, man. Tell you what, I've been, I mean, it's like every three or four days, Evan Roller, uh, who lives down in Cornelius, which is only like seven miles from me, he's like, hey, man, I know you're not all down with that driving stuff so much anymore. He said, you want to drive down here and jump the truck? We'll, uh, we'll hook the bumper pull up and head on down to Atlanta. And I said, well, I'm scheduled <laughs> to work that weekend, but... There are negotiation tactics that could be in play. Mm. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, we'll just get a full hookup. We'll have water and air conditioning. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, and he's got a nice little bumper pull. It's not quite as big as um, Andrea's. Okay. Up there in Michigan, it's, yep. you know, it's the smaller version of that kind of bumper pull. Okay. Um, but certainly would sleep three adult males just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's cool. Um, absolutely. Let's uh, let's figure it out. So, um, but yeah, had a good old time camping this weekend, and and like I said, the only thing missing was a racetrack right behind it. Where, boy, if I could have gone to a race one night, that would have been super. Um, so, but is what it is, Sherman. <laughs> I've been. Uh, uh, it's funny because we we were kind of talking work. Me and Sherman were in the in the pre show here, just uh, hanging out and whatnot. But um, I had written this one down because somebody said this to me. I don't know if anybody else out there has like little pet peeves, but that you don't call people out on. Um, but one of mine is the phrase may or may not like that one. That one crawls under my skin. And I don't know, you know, if you're watching YouTube right now, send me yours as well. But, uh, you know, somebody says, well, we may or may not have a problem. I'm like, well, I may or may not be pregnant. Like both of those. <laughs> those are the two options. So give me some more information. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I like to use it as a setup for a joke <laughs> as opposed to not describing some sort of situation that needs resolution. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. Well, we may or may not. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So uh, <laughs> it's like, well, I might have forgotten everything I need. But I may have remembered everything I need. <laughs> <laughs> One of those is true for sure. So, yeah, yeah. Anyway, sir, what'd you do this weekend? Anything fun? I watched as much racing as uh, I could stay awake for. 
Uh, yeah. I just watched sports, slept in the chair a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, man, it, weekends are weird. I, you know, I'm just exhausted by the end of the week. I just, I just sleep. And part of it's because I go to bed early and actually sleep really good for about six, seven hours. And then I roll over. I'm like, man, I guess it's time to get up. And uh, it's like 545. I'm like, <laughs> huh. Yeah. What am I going to do now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Roger in the chat says, with all due respect, before the unrespectful comment, with all due respect, you're an asshole. Like. Right. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, you know the very next thing out of your mouth is fixing to be rather disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? There was a comedian. That's a, you can't start a phrase or a sentence or a comment with, with all due respect because it, there's clearly no respect in what's about to happen next. Right, right. Maybe the, the respect that is due is uh, zero. <laughs> like, well, you could just stay and say it instead of saying with all due respect. So, all right, I'm fixing to say something uh, mildly too grossly offensive. <laughs> yeah. And then we can talk about that after I say it. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, disrespectfully, I believe <laughs> that you suck. <laughs> right. Uh, I'll dig it. I dig it. Well, Sherwin, I think it's time to start it up. Let's tear it down. Here we go. Well, sir, it was Dover. What would you think about the race? Let's start there. Well, golly, was there a lot of traffic on the old tweeter, which is about standard these days. Um, what I would say is I saw a whole lot of cars really dancing around, mm. just like we did at Darlington. Mm-hmm. And very similar types of chatter between both races. Um, I thought we had... Uh, Obviously, you had some cars nail the setup. Yep. Um, but you still had what you wanted, which was cars that were mildly to sometimes grossly out of control. Yeah. Yeah. And that's I mean, what I, we like. Isn't that what we want? I, I don't. I guess I don't know. Pretty sure. Yeah. Sherwin, I don't know what kind of clairvoyance came over me, you, and Brandon last week. But Brandon picked Larson, who finished second. I picked Chase, who finished third. You picked Byron, who finished fourth. That's a 2-3-4, rounding out the Hendrick top four, which is the first time that four drivers from the same camp have won uh, or have, have you know, boxed, uh, done the superfecta since Roush in 2005 at Homestead. But Roush had five entries in that race. Their fifth went 21st. So this is like the first time in we'll call it modern era there may have been something somewhere but uh nobody's ever done this before that was crazy it's certainly been a long time a a long time Mm -hmm. you know and if you think about the super teams you know hendrick has only had four teams since what is it oh three or oh four somewhere around in there when they added they finally added the fourth team with, uh, I guess it was Nadu in the 25. I don't know. It, there's no reason to dive too deep into that. But, um, yeah, no, this is, this is, there's an order of magnitude associated with this occurrence. Uh, I think you saw that uh, so far earlier in this week in the way they celebrated it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, 
what hey, you, you talked about people having dialed in. What did Hendrick have dialed in that that nobody else did? And by the way, uh, uh, Mr. Hendrick, old Rick, uh, was saying that the last hundred laps was the most like nervous he had been in his racing career, and and all this happened. I think Gluck pointed it out. This didn't happen with like Jimmy Johnson, Dale Jr., uh, Mark Martin, or Casey Kane. Pick one and um, Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon. Yeah, like. This happened with with Bowman, Larson, uh, Byron, and Chase. Yeah, the youngest super team ever assembled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what did, what did Hendrick have that nobody else did? I don't know, and I'm sure they'll never tell us. <laughs> and they shouldn't. But uh, clearly all four of those cars had something that was the same. Mm-hmm that all four of those drivers liked. Yeah, yeah. Now, Bowman got the win there. Um, you know, still, he's not a lock for 2022. Um, and the and the 48 car has sponsorship, so it's not like he can't get a sponsor. Um, well, I saw that you wrote that. You, you, you I, I don't know, if, I wouldn't accuse you of being disingenuous, but, I mean, seconds after he's done setting pavement on fire with with burning his tires off the car he's like it's done we just need signatures that's yeah it. yeah and that's uh, and i and i wrote that next that, that rick says it's a formality at this point negotiations uh, he did say negotiations are are going on right now do you think bowman has a little bit more leverage after this one like hey uh you know how about how about you know bump, bump me another zero on the end of that one maybe not that far but <laughs> maybe change that zero to a five yeah, I don't know if it changes his leverage as much as it changes his overall status in the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'm not sure how much I believe about the information you can find out there about what a driver's like salaried compensation is. Perhaps it gives him an opportunity to negotiate a. a slightly larger piece of the prize pie maybe mm-hmm. you know because that technically does not get included it's kind of like the um the charter money like that's an end of the year deal mm-hmm. um so it's never in none of that's ever written into the contract the salary is based on what the sponsorship commitment is and so i don't know i mean i would expect at this point Bowman's probably, you know, well into the crooked number millions per year in <laughs> right. base salary. Right, right. Man. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, like you said, you said, uh, you know, it's a formality at this point. Maybe negotiating the number that's after the crooked number. Maybe that's that's part of it, but I think. Uh, or maybe it's something. So one of the things that Hendrick has the ability to do. And one of the things that he did with Dale Earnhardt and Jeff and and some others is, okay, he's like, all right, well, uh, you definitely solidify the fact that you can do this thing that we're doing here in this sport. So in lieu of me changing numbers on what a three-year salary commitment looks like, how about I throw you a dealership? Mm, mm-hmm. How, how much <clears throat> something think, along those lines how much do you think this has to do with like uh i mean whatever he sets here because these guys are so young this is probably hendrick motorsports for 
the next decade, right? And I was going to say, I thought about that all day yesterday and, you know, all evening Sunday. I'm like, man, if you're, you're looking at, so Bowman's the oldest at 20 or Larson, I guess, 28. Mm. And if you're talking about these guys are going to race until they're 40, mm-hmm. you're talking about 12, 13, 14, 15 years. Right. Right. With this same lineup. And so it's potentially, kinda like, you know, the, the worst kept secret, what is he? going to hand off to Jeff Gordon as Hendrick Motorsports. And you know he wants he wants the next dynasty. That's, the, you know, that's legacy for him, right? Um, and so, um, you know, maybe that goes into how long it's, it's taken to get to deals here is I want to make sure that what I leave with is something that I can be, you know, uh, solid, uh, uh, what, what do we call it, the pick of the century kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, and you think about it this way. So Gordon has long been lauded for his tutorship underneath Dale Earnhardt in terms of how the business of racing works. But then you got to look over at the fact that, you know, basically Rick lost his son in a very short order to Dale losing his dad. So they kind of just sort of traded places. Mm. So what role is Dale Earnhardt Jr. going to play? in Hendrick Motorsports. You know, is he going to be, you know, that, that the guy that does the talking and Jeff's going to be the guy that does the the presidential CEO type stuff? Mm-hmm. Like, you got to believe they're both going to have some hand in the pot one way or another. Right, right. And the other thing with this win is that now Hendrick is one win away from tying uh, Richard Petty Motorsports' record. And Larson... Had said, uh, uh, Mr. Hendrick mentions it almost every time I talk to him. <laughs> like this is this is uh, again this is this is part of pinnacle legacy, etc. And I wonder, you know, at some point when he passes RPM and he signs on these next drivers, that 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 will be his legacy. That that is what I did for the sport. Like, what else do we have to do at this point? You know? Yeah, it makes you wonder um, <clears throat> selfishly. Uh, as a driver for Rick, do you want to be the one that gets the tying win? Right. Or do you want to be the one that gets the one that puts you ahead? I want the ahead one. Yeah. <laughs> so I wonder, or, I mean, obviously you could do both. Uh, it's a lot to ask, but <laughs> you could, you could do both of those things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, Hats off here to Rick Hendrick. Uh, what can you say? Um, Sherwin, let's move to second period here. That was first period, talking Dover. Second period, all the rage right now, and, and all the lips are tight. But Brad Kay evidently offered an ownership stake in Roush. That's interesting. Yeah, I think um, that, you know, the hullabaloo today was people not understanding exactly what all these different – words mean because being offered an ownership stake in a company or a leadership and ownership and ride stake in a company uh is 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 far different from yeah we signed a deal and i'm moving over mm-hmm. like yeah, okay so i believe wholeheartedly that regardless of who reported it that that offer does exist mm-hmm. um it it's been painfully obvious since Brad shut the doors on his trucks operation that, that he was not done being an owner. Mm-hmm. 
you know, he just took BKR and he took it in and he turned it back into um, not BKA. That was his um, or Keselowski Motorsports or whatever his dad's company mm-hmm. um, and turned it into BKM, Brad Keselowski Manufacturing, which I I believe his brother has played a significant role in that. Yes. Parts builders for all different, I mean, all different industries, including racing. And the opportunity to connect those dots. Now, the the piece of the underlying puzzle is the 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 overreaching giant, kind of like we see Jordan come in, Pitbull come in. We're going to talk about some of that later. Um, is you got LeBron James is now mixed up in the Roush Fenway uh, ownership yep. group. Yep. And and to get to get that piece of the marketing puzzle. I, you got to believe Brad's looking long and hard at that. If this is a real thing, you know, I, it wouldn't shock me one bit to find out in August that this is this is done. I mean, I think what hinges on it now is what is Newman going to do? Is he ready to be done? He certainly doesn't. He's not made any noises like he's ready to be done. Right. I, but. The way Roush is sitting right now, yeah, they've picked the pace up a little bit, but boy, they don't look like they're ready to th- start a third car, right? Right. Or restart a third car, right? Um, it's it's interesting. So two things that you mentioned. One is uh, Brad K's previous ownership. So uh, I wrote in here that uh, he's no stranger to ownership of of a race team. So certainly, and, and his business acumen back when he was posting all those um, blogs, back when blogs was a thing. But he, he was very open and honest about what it cost, what it meant, all that stuff. It was fascinating reads because he, he was about the only person that was talking about that stuff in trucks. And so, um, you know, it'd be, it'd be very interesting and cool to see, you know, if it's what kind of ownership stake it is, one. And two, you kind of mentioned, is Roush where you would want to have an ownership stake right now? Like, there's a lot of teams out there, uh, you know, we'll talk about it here in a bit, but um, uh, there, there's plenty of other places uh, that might be, you know, what if Furniture Row were looking for somebody, or what if Front Row or Track House or, um, you know, 23XI is pretty much locked in on money-wise at this point. But, you know, I, I feel like the, here here's the... You know, if you if you've got a hundred bucks to invest, do you want to invest it in in Google, which is yeah, it's going to grow and it's going to be fine, or do you want to invest it in something that might turn it into you know ten thousand dollars? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and I think I mean, I, Brad is the right guy for this kind of challenge to rescue once what was once an extremely proud, very fast organization Mm -hmm. um it makes sense jack's a detroit guy brad's a detroit guy that's a good point they're forward through and through and through um it just you know i when hendrick sort of didn't necessarily shut the door on brad but had the opportunity to re-sign mark martin when he was supposed to be the bridge to get to brad but brad didn't have that just resume that rolled off the end of the counter and down the hall. <laughs> um, that's when Brad said, well, I got to look elsewhere. And then he's been with Ford ever since. And obviously that's gone rather well. 
Um, I, I said, I think this makes perfect sense. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. I think it makes perfect sense. Okay, cool. Yeah. Good point. And maybe it's, uh, I'm trying to think of, uh, you know, bringing it back to stocks, somebody that's been a juggernaut that, uh, maybe, maybe Apple in the mid nineties or something uh, when Steve jobs came back and, and then, you know, threw him, uh, way over the line. So yeah, could be that kind of story. Um, well, the thing about it from this perspective too is, you know, Roush has got that whole sports car business that that doesn't get talked about all that much. Um, the customization stuff with Mustangs, but he's also got a half interest in all the top tier Ford Motors with mm. the Yates partnership. Mm-hmm. So there's more than just the race cars on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see this one? That Chevy's building that new racing tech dev center in North Carolina soon. They had bought some building in Concord, uh, which is like 35 minutes from you. Um, but uh, evidently they're using that for something else now. So looking for sites and stuff. So Sherwin, you know, maybe maybe there's opportunities coming to Morrisville uh, somewhere close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it takes to get from what I do to what they do and connect those dots. Um, well, it certainly would be interesting to try to poke around and see. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, the couple of times that I've been over to our, our facility in Mooresville and drive by those two gigantic wind tunnels and I'm like, well, that's interesting. <laughs> Something's going on there and it's all racing related. Somebody was trying to tell me that was all Kyle Bush, and I'm like, can't be all Kyle Bush. Kyle Bush can't build two wind tunnels. No. No, you're talking about some, like, you know, deep into the eight figures to build a good wind tunnel. Yeah. What's interesting about this is that they're talking about it being a racing center, which I think is really cool for Chevy to be investing in something like that right now. Uh, Say what you want about racing and and the future of race cars and motorsports and whatnot. But, um, you know, their willingness to invest in an entire center I think uh, in a few ways, it, it is uh, keeping up with the Joneses with, like, TRD type of stuff. Um, but it, it's a big opportunity for, you know, a lot of people and then also just investment in, in not just in NASCAR but in racing in general, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I think what they're discovering, the, the big three, obviously, the only three that we have right now is that and if you're not there where all the teams are, you can't take advantage of all that extra contract work that's available. Because even if, so if you're Chevrolet, you you know, you only have so many teams that need wind tunnel time or need dyno time or whatever. A lot of these teams have that stuff anyway, not wind tunnels, but certainly dynos. Um, you know, and, and, but there's all that extra, to your point, like racing center type stuff, like, you know, there's all these feeder series that, that need to buy parts, um, you know, and they need technology. And, you know, that that's how you build from the ground up. You don't you don't build from the ground up in stock car racing out of Dearborn or, you know, Detroit area or whatever you want to call it, Forest Hills, wherever. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to be you need to be in Piedmont area, North Carolina. Mm hmm. Um, you mentioned Kyle Busch earlier, 
and wind tunnels. And, I, I, you know, I'll try to make a joke here, but I, I don't think he needs two wind tunnels. He's got one big one on the front of his face uh, when it comes to uh, uh, this whole I am athlete um, deal that, that, that he did this week. And, boy, he just let loose, didn't he? So uh, the, the big news there was calling out uh, – not calling out Kyle, calling out Joey – uh, yeah, throwing shade, calling him Two-Face. Joey followed up by saying, that's cute. Let me know when you want to hear my side. Um, I thought it was I, – I thought this was interesting because he said Joey has this, like, you know, big smile, big whatever off the track. And, and yeah, that's great for, like, charity and sponsors and blah, blah, blah. And then on the track, he's a total a-hole. And, uh, you know, I, I prefer that, that somebody – if you're going to be an a-hole, be an a-hole. If you're going to be nice, be nice on the track too. And I'm not sure I totally agree with that. Um, racing just you, – you enter a different mindset. You enter a different deal. How many of us are different in the general public than we are at work, you know? I can certainly say I am. You know, I go to work, put on work face. Let's do this. Let's get this thing done, guys. Let's blah, 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 blah. So it, it's hard for me to say that I agree with him 100%, but he's also, you know, one of the greatest race car drivers that's ever raced cars. So <laughs> who am I? Well, I of all the people to say something like that, Kyle needs to take a big old peek in the mirror. Uh, I mean, if Kyle had been paid back for every time he screwed up on the racetrack, he'd have a lot more wrecked cars on his hands. Um, you know, Joey is the same asshole on the track every time he gets on the track, okay? And we can say that about Newman. We say that about joey there's not a lot of difference there's a little bit different approach probably Mm -hmm. but they're the same guy once they buckle in i'm at work it's the same reason why when you do myers briggs or whatever uh personality study at work that you score differently than if you took that test at home and said what am i like in my personal life well you know at work i'm the guy that got sent to the principal's office just a couple of months ago because I said the F word too loud. (laughs) And there's one HR person in the whole daggum front office who really doesn't like that word. So I had 45 minutes of lectures about how that's not a very professional way to approach work. And, and it's like, cause (laughs) I said it and (laughs) I got mad. Uh, you know, not like the kind of mad I get, you know, when I'm around you and our friends, a whole, a whole different kind of mad mm. because it's work. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, you know, I let loose a, a string <laughs> of, of colorful language. And of course she heard it cause I'm loud. I'm louder than everybody. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she comes in and says, I, you know, the, that word, that's, uh, I'm like, I looked at her. I said, there's a door right there. This is our room. I said, this is an F-bomb friendly room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's- and you know what my boss told me the next day? I don't know if I said this on the podcast or not. I went in there. I went ahead and got ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. Always a good idea. <laughs> and I said, look, I got like 40-minute lecture on words. And he's like, well, said, you got a door on your office, don't you? I said, yeah. He goes, maybe use it. Ah, I got you. (laughs) Fair enough. He don't care. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, yeah. 
It's funny, uh, you know, Christmas parties is where this really comes out because it'll be, uh, you know, me and my wife at the Christmas party and people will be like, what's he like at home? And and she's like, well, he's a big old softy. He doesn't like any responsibility. He <laughs> and it's like, whoa, really? Because at work, he wants all the responsibility. He wants all the stuff. Like, give me give me all the things, you know, and, and control and everything else. And and outside of work, it's like, no, I don't I don't want to do that. No, I don't I don't want to do that either. Uh, I just kind of want to play video games and, you know, go on fun vacations and stuff. And uh, I imagine I'm just going to be a total like uh, I don't know what to call it. Like in I, I think about this sometimes, like in retirement, what am I going to be like? And it's just going to be, oh, we're going to go travel and we're going to go do hikes and stuff and have fun and whatnot and, and be done with responsibility for a long time. Well, for the, for the end of, <laughs> of what, what matters there. So it's funny how, um, you know, just again, that, that whole work versus play. And I, and I wonder, you know, how much of a thing that is that goes into this. So, um, for what it's worth, Kyle Bush, I'm, I'm not exactly on board. And like Sherwin said, uh, maybe, you know, a little bit of look in the mirror. I, I, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I thought that was interesting. And so well, th- I say that because I have defended Kyle tooth and nail as being a good human being mm-hmm. on the racetrack. He can be and has been problematic for now two drivers that we have rooted for on multiple occasions. Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of over time, you let that go, but for him to single out someone else as being one thing on the racetrack and being another thing away from it, it's like, whoo, you might need to do a little bit of self-evaluation there. Yeah, yeah. Well, sir, uh, from NASCAR on Reddit that I uh, saw today, that Trackhouse Racing with Suarez is doing better right now than 23XI with, uh, or 2311 with uh, with Bubba. Um you know, it, it's an interesting thing I wrote in the notes. Is this, are, are, do we have too few data points right now? Or is this like a trend and, you know, panic? I don't know what to say. What do you think? I'm wearing my Bubba hat today, by the way. There's his signature. Nice. Got my Blaine hat on. Sorry, you asked me a question, didn't you? <laughs> you <laughs> Sorry, I was reading the YouTube. Uh, I was trying to figure out what was happening. Um, uh, no, it's yeah. Good. Ask me again. Track try, let's try this again. Trackhouse with Suarez is running better. Oh yeah, yeah. I read yeah. the notes earlier. Um, I think it's interesting, if nothing else. Right, interesting. Um, I I think we may have underestimated Trackhouse or Track yeah Trackhouse's commitment. Uh, to to fielding a a, a damn decent car. Um, I suspect. We probably have always underestimated Suarez. I mean, I don't want to compare him to anybody else because it's just not fair to do that. But brand new place, brand new world, brand new type of competition thrown to the wolves, supposedly in two really, really good cars. Didn't get out of them what was expected. You know how sometimes it doesn't work? The way it's not always doesn't always click like magic. Well, you know, Roger just said in the chat, and I think this is interesting. He said, uh, Justin, meaning Justin Marks, is a better owner than Denny at this point. And I have no argument against that. And that's a good point that, um, 
you know, as far as ownership goes, we just talked about ownership with Brad Kay and Roush and, and his old trucks team and stuff and, and the responsibility there. Um, I've, I've found it interesting when they're asking Denny about, uh, you know, the 2311 um, uh, performance right now. And he seems to be, uh, what would you call it, uh, issuing responsibility for current performance. And maybe that's fair. I don't know. But it's it's interesting to me because he's saying, you know, we've got the equipment, we've got the, we've been running top ten, top five, but we we need to have, uh, you know, we need to have those uh, finishes, if you will. We need to we need to have a full race of that. Uh, but it's it's been interesting to me to read that as opposed to taking some taking more responsibility in terms of, yeah, um, we're not we're not producing race cars that that can finish. He he believes he's got it. Yeah, I I agree. I th- I think I really think that that team is they might they may be the more impressive of the two for sure. We'll see by the end of the year and how we're supposed to judge that. But um it, and it, at the end of the day, good, better and different cuss words, yays, whatever. <laughs> Suarez might be a better race car driver than Bubba. We don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't really know. Mhm. Um, doesn't mean they both couldn't win races in good cars. Um, there's a lot of extenuating circumstance there, but, um, I think when Justin and, and Myatt teamed up and then they, you know, I don't know how much of a role Suarez played in getting Pitbull involved, but obviously that's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, you saw the race this weekend, they opened with Pitbull's, you know, signature song. Mm-hmm. And that's what they open their coverage with. Well, I mean, that doesn't happen by accident. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know what to say. I, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe there's too few data points, whatever it is. But, um, you know, Justin Marks is showing that he's got it. Uh, and I, I really haven't seen a whole lot of interviews with him. Um, and, and it's probably because Denny has the ability to do hot takes right after a race or something. Um, and, and Justin can kind of be in the background for, you know, not intentionally, but it just is what it is. But yeah, I find that interesting. So anyway, time for recess, Sherwin. Uh, Dale Jr. just had an AMA on Reddit. Uh, AMA is a ask me anything. And, uh, you know, they asked him uh, things about like his favorite wins and um, people that he'd love to have on his podcast, either, either you know, alive or dead, whatever. Uh, but then there was a couple interesting ones. Um, he is aligned with us, Sherwin, on whether or not a hot dog is a sandwich. He said a hot dog is a hot dog. It's an alternative to a sandwich. I think that's fair, and I think that aligns with us. Uh, yeah, that uh, 100% a hot dog is not a sandwich. It is, in fact, a hot dog. Okay. So the next one I had not ever thought about before. And someone said if you took two separate lasagnas – and stack them on top of each other, would you have one lasagna or two lasagnas? And Dale Jr. says, you have one lasagna. <laughs> you have double-decker lasagna. <laughs> Singular. Singular. You have a lasagna. Well, there you go. <laughs> there, there's a question. Hot dog is not a sandwich, and two lasagnas stacked on one another is indeed a single lasagna. <laughs> oh, right. I love that stuff. Just twice the layers. <laughs> Um, I have, um, I, I keep pushing this one off, 
But uh, uh, finally, we get to talk about it. Indy 500 coverage team for NBC. Um, what a lineup here. We have Jimmy Johnson, Danica Patrick, Steve Letarte, and Mike Tirico. And then uh, pre-race is going to be Dale Jr., Rutledge Wood, and Jack Collinsworth. How cool is that? That's interesting. I'm curious to see how Jack will do. Um, for those who look at that name and go, who in the heck? Well, Chris Collinsworth been a mainstay on Sunday Night Football for a long time right. now. That's his son. Very smart kid. He's immediately jumped out of the Ivy Leagues into, uh, you know, being, you know, a pretty premier uh, analyst. Uh, I don't know how much of the gambling and the stuff and whatnot that he gets into, but he's he's going to follow in his dad's footsteps at NBC, and he's going to be he's probably going to be a good piece for them for a while. Yeah, yeah, and he did um, apparently he did some of the uh, Kentucky Derby coverage too. I, I watched most of that on mute right until it started, so um, I, I didn't get a chance to hear him. But uh, yeah, that was uh, you know he's multidisciplined, kind of like a Mike Tirico, if you will. Yeah, well, I Tarico is like that calming. <laughs> Tarico is the Mike Joy of everything except NASCAR. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I mean, and Tarico's bounced around a little bit. He, he was a little bit bland for Monday Night Football, but he fits perfectly with all of these other things, these other NBC properties that exist. Whether it's I can't remember which golf tournament they have. I, I don't know if it's the – it's not the U.S. Open. It, one of the tournaments, he's there. You know, I mean, he just keeps popping up in all these different properties that NBC owns. And uh, he's just that calming influence that, you know, just everybody settle down for a second. Let's talk about something that's real. And then let's shoot it over <laughs> to Dale Jr. And then shoot it over to Rutledge Wood. Right, right. Uh, let Jack tell you about what what's the ha- what's the, who's what are we gambling on today? Woo! Yeah, yeah. You know, well, I think I, I I feel like if I'm an NBC executive or something, and I have scored Jimmy Johnson, Danica Patrick, and Steve Letarte for the race, and I go, okay, uh, that's cool, but I need some glue here, and Mike Tirico fits that perfectly. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. Um, you know what. What what does Mike Tirico say to Jimmy Johnson or to J- to Danica Patrick or to Steve Letarte to you know get the get the juices flowing? So that it'll be it'll be cool. I think it's I think it's going to be great. Looks like a great lineup to me, and it's chock full of uh, people that uh, know racing and and not just uh, open wheel. They know uh, stock car racing. There might be people tuned into the Indy 500 never tuned in before just because well I get to see Dale Jr. and Jimmy Johnson and mm-hmm. Stevie. Yeah, yeah. Well, sir, let's do it. It's time to gas it up. Here it is. Oh, my goodness. I think this is the race. This is the one we've been looking forward to. This is the A number one. It's Coda. And it's pretty much guaranteed to rain, Sherwin. (laughs) I saw that. Uh, I saw it was like 100%. Like the entire, it's like Monday afternoon <laughs> or something absurd, you know, which is, I mean, you know, we talk about Austin over here on the East Coast thinking about how I'm like, oh, that's way over there. Well, it's not, it's actually not. Mm-hmm. It's on this side of the arid part of Texas. It's, it's still in very much in the 
not not like the you know eastern swampland of Texas, but it's definitely an area where it's it rains. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not it, it's not El Paso. Right, right. So I I don't know. What do you think? Do you think this helps in terms of okay? Well, I got to tune in and see what the ish show is going to be, or hurts in terms of we really wanted to see what NASCAR at Coda is about, and I don't feel like. And, and y'all can y'all can see where I'm going with my opinion on this, but I don't feel like Coda in the rain is going to give us an idea uh, or a great idea of what Coda in NASCAR can be. Well, and I'm not going to beat the drum too hard, but um, there's a wild difference between racing on wet pavement and racing in the rain. Mm-hmm. Um. Stock cars can race on wet pavement, put on a really fun show. They cannot race in the rain and put on a good show. It's going to be a mess. Yeah. Uh, particularly with some of the, the way those corners are designed for Formula One. They, <laughs> it's already, it's going to be hard enough if it was 100% dry. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have 10-mile-an-hour turns. <laughs> yeah, turn one is, we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> talk but, about it now <laughs> yeah well i mean i yeah it turn turn one is where it's i mean it's gonna start right off you know it's gonna be like that i don't know if you saw that carding video from the weekend where you know there's yeah, i guess they're like five to ten year olds or whatever they're all racing you know throttle down woo, and then the first guy misses turn one <laughs> and everybody follows them into the tires yeah. i mean half the field is in the tires yeah yeah and uh, y'all need to look at a map i mean it is a gigantic straightaway uh it's not the longest straightaway there's a straightaway between turns 11 and 12 but uh it, it is a big straightaway and then it is like a 160 degree turn into turn one and to sherwin's point i mean uh in the rain, you're you're. What, what else can you do but follow the guy in front of you? And if the if whoever's in second place just loses it or or overcommits or something, there's going to be forty cars that go straight barreling into the tires. Yeah, and it's downhill. <laughs> Make it worse, sure. Just keep and it's on ice and it's. <laughs> like, yeah, God. like it's it and and more than likely it's off camber too. Mm-hmm. Off camber, downhill, hundred and like you said, somewhere between hundred and fifty and hundred and sixty degree turn. It's not a, quite a hairpin, but it's close enough for a stock car. And they're probably gonna hit that corner, they'll probably hit the braking zone at 145, 150 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. In a thirty four hundred pound car. Yeah. Giddy up. <laughs> Good luck, fellas. <laughs> um, hey, we'll see y'all. Uh <laughs> Well, I think the the I'll call them the smart folks here are the folks who have um, signed up or, or somehow gotten into one of the earlier races because it's supposed to rain all weekend. So um, you know, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, uh, Tyler Reddick, Austin Dillon, um, Cole Custer, some folks who will uh, will be in the um, Xfinity race and then truck race. Um, uh, I don't think there's any uh, cup drivers in there, but uh, Paul Menard coming back. That's pretty cool. Saw that, you know, when uh, Xfinity made the commitment to go to Road America, um, that that was all the talk was about how, you know, Paul Menard grew up racing 
carts on Amber Turner tracks, and he was actually really good at it. Mm-hmm. And he, he proved his mettle in an, you know, I guess a nationwide car at the time that he was actually quite good at it. So this makes perfect sense for Thor Sport to to shake down, shake down their trucks and see do we have what it takes to compete at one of these, you know, one of these road courses. Yeah. Um, Cup Series. We'll start there for a moment. Kyle Tilly, who's an IMSA sports car veteran, is going to make his Cup debut at Coda in the '78 uh, Live Fast Motorsports Ford. Um, He's going to make some additional cup starts for the team later this season. Road America, Watkins Glen, uh, and Indy Road Course. Uh, pretty um, obvious trend there in terms of where he's going. But the IMSA Cup uh, crossover there, I think, is pretty cool. Those crossovers are always great. They all come with a lot of – what's the word? Hype's not the right word, but they, they come with excitement. But it always needs to be tempered, especially now, the last 15 years, where every one of these guys that races every week is actually really good, and they're in really good cars. Mm-hmm. You're just not going to see, you know, the ringer thing is, it's less of a thing than it ever was. Mm-hmm. But it could help a team like the 78, Um or the seven or some of those other cars that are back there wandering around trying to figure out how they make sure that they get themselves in position, not to have to go before NASCAR's board and explain how they didn't perform well enough to hang on to their charter. If they've got one or to, you know, get granted a permit to lease one or whatever it is, however that process works. Um, you know, and, and it helps them understand did were we on the right track building chassis? Well, I don't know how much of that matters going forward because every single car that races this weekend is obsolete as soon as they leave Coda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean a lot of those cars will get reused for the teams that can't afford to just build a new road car chassis every every time we go to a new one. But for the most part, those those cars are going to show up in the lesser series if you know, for 40 cents on the dollar. Well, how about this one for all the said heads out there that have been sitting on their wigs for the last four years, Boris said we'll be running the Xfinity race at Coda. How cool is that? Sure. When I, I, I got all uh, like excited on this one. Well, I'm glad he's going to be there. Boris always brings an element. Um, just, you know, his own personal brand brings an element. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, for a long time, he was the premier teacher of the cup guys that didn't know what the heck they were doing on a road course. And he would teach them and the old school style, right? The the gas brake style um, with using the clutch and stuff. And, you know, but and that's neat. I mean, I hope they put some cameras down there so we can see what people are doing with their feet. But, um, yeah, I mean, Boris brings a brand. Or said is a brand that's that's never a bad thing to have him in a race. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll be looking forward to that, seeing where, you know, we, we've talked about it plenty of times that there used to be the ringers and whatnot. And, yeah, somebody will bring in – somebody with, with good equipment will, would bring in Boris said. And, you know, nowadays, I mean, shoot, you've got Chase Elliott, you've got Kyle Busch, you've got, you know, everybody else who, who can do the – 
left turn, right turn stuff. But, uh, you know, it's um, a little different now, but it, it'll be cool to see him come in. The other name that I thought was interesting on here uh, was Camden Murphy, who uh, competes part-time in, uh, in truck series, uh, but also uh, drives monster trucks. <laughs> so that'll be kind of uh, fun to see. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Get a monster truck driver in. And, uh, you know, this is like one of those uh, things where, hey, let's get all the drivers for all the series. Let's include monster trucks. Why not <laughs> bring them in? Of course, again, I, I don't want to take away from the fact that he's uh, racing trucks, but that's uh, I thought that was kind of fun. Well, you know what's interesting about a monster truck driver is how many different things they have to do with their hands. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I've lost some internet and lost make those <laughs> trucks do what they do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're distracted by all... Wow. This is the longest outage yet. Yeah, I know. I know. And we're, uh, it looks like we're back. So apologies to everybody. We're in the green again, but you were saying how much they have to do with their hands. Yeah, they're already used to all the distractions, right? Because they, you know, they have all these buttons. They do have to steer. And, you know, they're doing, they're working all kinds of stuff, which is basically what road course racing is, is, you have to work lots of different stuff. So I'm with road course racing. Yeah, yeah. We uh we we got a bit of a I don't know what happened there. The bits all decided to be uh unsavory for us. So uh apologies to everybody who's listening in. But uh yep, yep, totally I get where we're going with all that. Let's uh let's do this. You know what? It's time. Oh no, it's not time yet. I have one more thing. Sherwin, you back with us? Oh, it's yeah. Just, okay, he's there. I was like, wait, it's just a rustic show now. But no, um, how about this one? Matthew McConaughey will be the Grand Marshal. And I don't know, if he doesn't say, all right, all right, all right, I, I don't know, you know, I, I think we have a failure. Well, he got to do it at Homestead, I believe, before and was a big hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, would be shocked if in his that he would not do something from dazed and confused <laughs> right right or any of the other 400 movies where he's uh, let that one loose uh ladies and gentlemen it is time to do some picks and uh you know i hate to say it but sherwin um having picked the fourth place byron uh you have to go first this week so why don't you give us your pick for coda Oh, boy. We might have lost him. <laughs> uh, well, apologies, folks. Uh, all the uh, all the bits just seem to be, you know, doing whatever they do right now. So um, we'll get the picks in shortly. I think for myself, let me see if I can, um, if I can think. Because, you know, for me, I don't know. This is going to be, you know, one of those off-the-cuff, who-knows-what uh, kind of picks. Because um, who knows what's going to happen. If it's going to rain... And if it's going to be uh, crazy, blah, 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 who knows who's going to end up there. 
Um, I think I'm going to go this week with uh, Mr. Austin Dillon. So, Sherwin, are you back with us? I can hear you just fine. Okay. Why don't you give us your pick before we uh, uh, head out? Yeah, that was an issue to end this thing, huh? <laughs> right. um, well, uh, one of the drivers doing double duty is Mr. Dinger, and he was the one that suggested that turn one was going to be a big problem <laughs> for everyone, and even and he was talking about drive pavement. So I'm going to pick Dinger for colleagues' entry in Cup because he's also going to race on Saturday, and we'll have the experience of whatever this wet stuff is. And he already knows that turn one is a nightmare. <laughs> right, right. Well, Sherwin, it's about to sh- about about time to shut this thing down. I'll go ahead and do it just so that we have uh, all the recordings and everything. Y'all know where you can find us, ptmpodcast.com, at ptmpodcast on the Twitter handle and Instagram and everywhere else where you can find all your favorite uh, everythings. As always, you can find Sherwin at Pregame Engineer and myself Rusty Wallace at Tailgate Mayor. We're uh, we're gonna have some fun next week. We've got some uh, we've got cool guests lined up and everything. We can't wait to talk to y'all then. Appreciate you hanging out, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.